The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. A few days away from the NBA season, and today we're going to get into the awards market. We're going to give you our picks for MVP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, MIP, uh, Rookie of the Year. What am I missing in there? All the awards. We'll get Sixth Man of the Year. We'll get into all of it and helping me to break down these awards markets. You guys already know the superstars of the show first. The villain, it's Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling, my man? Yes, yes, Moon Off. We are here at the Degens, the award show of all award shows, the award shows here that is for the people by the people to give the people what they want, which is degeneracy. I'm great to be here. It's great to be here. Love it. I love it. A lot of guys, uh, a lot of y'all obviously can't see this, but uh, Terrell actually does have his tux on for this award yep. show. <laughs> I have the tux on for this award show. I was, you know, dressed to impressed. I had to walk the red carpet a little bit earlier, had a nice little tenderoni with me. So, yeah, we're here. We're ready. <laughs> and also joining us, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Yeah, happy to be here. Looking forward to going through some of these awards. I know last year I made a decent amount of money with awards, mostly involving Coach of the Year. So hopefully we hit a couple, and hopefully we make some money together. Yeah, uh, about six awards markets we'll go through. We'll give you maybe one or two each that we lock for each category. And like Scott said, hopefully we can put some money in your pockets at the end of the season. Um, yeah, definitely shop around for the best number. Uh, to get these awards because, again, there's – or to get down on the bets for these awards, a lot of um, – not conflicting numbers, but odds that do are – that are better at some books than others. But, guys, let's dive right into it. Why don't we just start with uh, Rookie of the Year for this upcoming season? It was it was a very loaded draft, especially at the top three. I mean, we can make the argument for be top five, top six picks this year, but a lot of intriguing storylines with Rookies of the Years this season. Um Scott, let me start with you for Rookie of the Year. Who do you like if you have maybe one or two guys you want to give out for Rookie of the Year award? So I have two. Uh, I'm sure most people like Boncaro. And even though I think he's got a very good chance to win the award, I can't take him at plus 190. I think it's a bit of a crazy price there, especially since he hasn't played a game in the NBA yet. I'm not overreacting to how underwhelming he's looked in the preseason because who cares? It's the preseason, but I still don't like plus 190. So the first one is going to be an obvious choice. It's going to be one of the favorites for this for this award. It's going to be Chet Keegan Holgren? Murray. Wait, what? Who? Chet Holgren? Uh, Holmgren? No. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, he had to do the difficult task of stepping in front of LeBron in a pickup game. And as a result, he's out for the season. It's why most people don't play defense in pickup games during the offseason. But Holmgren is officially out. So that's kind of rough there. But I am going to go with Murray. Over there in Sacramento, uh, he's looked phenomenal every step of the way, whether it was the summer league, whether it was preseason. I said I'm not going to overreact to it, but I think Sacramento might also be a decent team. They could maybe be a playing team, so I do think hmm. that hmm. it could hmm. be. I think where, could was be. The, ooh, where was this energy at? I don't remember hearing this. Okay. Well, because we went through a couple divisions. Unfortunately, uh, we did not go through the Pacific, so we didn't we get did to actually it. talk we about Sacramento. It. But I think that team's actually not terrible. So I think that they could win some games and end up being a surprise team that might steal some media headlines every now and then. So I think that people will keep an eye on Murray as a result. But I like him, especially at the current price of around four to one or five to one. I see five to one. I think he's just a very solid player. And I do think that since he can excel in several areas, both in the paint potentially or even from the three point line, I think he could have a very nice stat line as a rookie. So he's my first pick. Then I have a somewhat long shot at around 10 to 1. It's going to be Matherin on Indiana at 10 to 1. I just think that you're looking at a spot where 
He's on an awful team, and that might be used against him. The fact that he plays for Indiana doesn't help because nobody cares about watching Indiana play. But the point is, he's a very talented player on a team that should give him a bunch of shots per game. And I do think if he's going to be able to potentially put up 18 a game, maybe 20. I mean, if you're looking at the overall roster, he might get the green light for 15-plus shots a game. They're just going to be that bad, especially in the second half of the year when they have nothing to actually play for besides giving all the youngsters all the shot attempts. I think Matherin could be a very good stat guy to win this award if he somehow somehow averages around 19 to 20 points, which I think is reasonable. But 10 to 1 for a guy who's arguably the number one weapon offensively in his first game in the NBA onward, I think it's a good price. I'm going to go with Matherin at 10 to 1 as well. Yeah, I only had one for Rookie of the Year. It was actually Ben Matherin as well. And for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned there, uh, Scott, at 10 to 1, I think that's that's pretty good value for a guy that's going to have the green light um, with Tyrese Halliburton in that backcourt. Um, and he's had a phenomenal preseason as well. I mean, I, a lot of people, I'm sure, have been watching Indiana Pacers games, but he's actually looked incredible. Um the, the physicality that he has for for his size is, is kind of eye-popping when you actually watch him play. But he can knock down the shot. He can get to the basket at will. And, and I 100% agree with you, Scott, that he's a player on this roster that can average 18, possibly 20 points per game. And I think that's a good enough resume to have to win Rookie of the Year. And he's efficient as well. So I had Ben Matherin at 10-1 to 1 as well. Um, I only had one for this category, so I'll throw it over to you, Terrell. Uh, Rookie of the Year, what do you got? No, so, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and talk, talk up Ben Carroll. We all know what Ben Carroll is and what he can do in the league. I'm going to just throw out a long shot because I did like you and Scott's picks. So I'm going to just throw a long shot out there that I think can have an impact if he gets the time. And it's Shady and Sharp over in Portland. And we know what Portland's trying to do. We know how Portland wants to kind of control pace, wants to have really success on that offensive side of the ball. And I think that Shady on Sharp is a person that they can go to to kind of help, not say fill that CJ McCollum role, because I think they do two different things, but be another score a scorer in addition to Anthony Simons, in addition to Dame Lillard, in addition to what they have. And I think he can do that. And if they already said that they want Simons coming off the bench and coming in that six-man role, I think that just opens up a door and a pathway for him to get into that starting lineup really, like really, really soon. So give me Shady on Sharp. I think that he can be a, a really, really prolific scorer. And I'll take that at 25 to 1. I found 33 to 1 if you want so, that instead. Yeah, same, uh, it, the best price I can get. Yep. All right. Um, let's keep it moving here then, guys. Let's go to let's go to defensive player of the year uh, in this betting market for this upcoming season. Uh, obviously, Rudy Gobert has won this award, what, three years in a row now, two years in a row now? No, uh, no last year's Marcus Smart won it. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Marcus Smart, yeah, yeah, it was the first guard since yeah, Gary, Port- right, Gary right, Payton. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, so, Terrell, let me start with you for uh, Defensive Player of the Year here, man. What do you like? Or so, who do you like, I should say? I, I want to throw – if I had to throw a guard out there and just throw it – like, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm putting everything on a guard, but if I had to throw a guard out there, it would be somebody like Gary Payton the second especially this, just because he might be healthier this year. This might be a year that we'll see him in a starting lineup. You know, I was just talking about Shady and Smart, not Shady and Smart, but Shady and Sharp. Well, he's got to try to help kind of move Gary Payton the second out the way or kind of they got to play with that lineup a little bit, see how they want to do that. But if Gary Payton the second, I think that's a, a long shot guard. Some everybody's looking for this year's Marcus Smart or whatever. That's a fun pick. But for me, it's pretty easy, and I'm just going to take it. I'm going to take Giannis, 10-1. to Giannis has been one of the best defensive players in the league, and I see him sitting here at 10-1. to You probably shop around. You might be able to find a better price. But over here at WinBet, 10-1. to And I don't think it's going to Rudy Gobert again. I have questions of how he's going to gel over there in Minnesota. Bam is always a fun pick. Robert Williams can't stay healthy long enough. I don't trust him. Evan Mobley is fun. And I think Evan Mobley is somebody that kind of, you know, uh, might be a year too early for him. But Giannis, I see the consistent production. Giannis is going to be healthy this year. If Giannis plays majority of the season, I think he's automatically a top three 
in the top three for defensive player of the year. So you're getting value back on your ticket. Give me Giannis 10 to 1. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to get any argument about me from Giannis. The, the guy is one of the best players in the league. He's top three, no doubt, maybe even the best player in the NBA. But um, he does it both on offense and defense. I mean, look, the length this guy has, the rebounding that he can do, the amount of black shots and steals that he can get. And he's always in that conversation with defensive player of the year. And I think he has won this award uh, before as well. So, uh, yeah, I like Giannis there as well. Um, Scott, what do you got? Defensive player of the year? So I had two choices. I uh, didn't want to take one big man because even though Smart won last year, it's mostly a big man dominated award. Mm-hmm. I picked Giannis at 10 to 1. I mm-hmm. love the odds. If you want a really fun stat here to show you how good he is, first of all, he did win the award before. He won in 2020 along with right. the MVP. Mm-hmm. Second of all, he's averaged at least one block per game and one steal per game in each of the last seven seasons. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. not many players can do that. So I no. do think he can put up some big stats. And I feel like Morant last year winning most improved might kind of suggest a pathway for a lot of players to win awards they maybe shouldn't win. Oh, wait till we get to that market. Wait till we get to that market. We're going to get to that market. But yeah, that's going to be a fun one. If Giannis doesn't win MVP, for example, hypothetically speaking, but he's so good, they have to give him something. Mm-hmm. I think they might groove him defensive player because he won't win MVP. Like, I feel like there's a pathway where you want to give somebody recognition for having a great year, but there's a better candidate for one award, but you still want to give him a trophy. I think defensive player could be one of those where they realize, you know, Giannis is the best player in the world. He's not going to win MVP. We got to give him something and they'll just give him defensive player instead. I think there's a pathway there, but I do have one long shot. Since Smart did win it last year, I do want to at least mention a wing or a guard that could end up winning the award. I went with Herb Jones at hmm. sixty to one on Fox Bet. I just like the odds of sixty to one. He played seventy-eight games last year, sixty-nine starts. Uh, nice. Uh, I think he should probably start more games this season. But the point is, you're looking at his overall teammates. Not great defensively. Let's put it that way with Ingram and Zion and even Valanciunas. We know Herb Jones is going to end up guarding the best offensive player on the other team, basically night in, night out. We mm-hmm. know his wingspan's incredible. We know he's just a great defensive player. We saw it in the playoffs. And I think for 60-1, to 1, for a Pelicans team that we think is going to be very good this year, yeah. and I think that they're going to be a very, talked, a very talked about team because of the fact that Zion, I know he tweaked his ankle. We'll see what happens, but still. The point is we think New Orleans will be good, so I think the media will be talking about them. And I think that since Herb Jones already is well-known in most people's minds as being a defensive specialist, people talk about him. But I think if you want to talk about some value and where you could find a guy who could, keyword could, wow some people with some defensive highlights and maybe becoming a all-NBA first-team defensive guy, I think that it's a great price for Herb Jones at 60-1 to to win defensive player when we know when it comes to wing defenders – He's already what, like a top five, top ten wing defender in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take yeah. him at sixty to one. Yeah, I like it. I mean, yeah, I, you, we talked a lot about last season about Herb Jones and just the pure ability that he has, like his length and his defensive abilities, and what you just highlighted there, Scott. That he's going to be guarding the opposing team's best player. There's no question about it. Um, and I think that's where a lot of his steals and you know block shots are going to rack up. And this could be a guy that can average at least one steal per game and possibly get two blocks a game as well. So, yeah, I love that. Um, for me, I actually uh, did take Evan Mobley at 10 to one. I know uh, Terrell, you mentioned that I mean, he may be a year or two away, but I, I just think that the, that what he was able to do last season in his rookie year, I believe he averaged close to two blocks per game and he was mm-hmm. at, almost at one steal per game. And I think that's only just going to improve for him coming into this season. I don't think they're going to rely a lot, a lot on him on the offensive side when you add a guy like Donovan Mitchell, but that front court of where you have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, Mobley's a guy that I think that can lead this league in block shots per game. He had a great defensive rating last year uh, in the NBA, uh, and he was number 11, I believe, in defensive efficiency last season, just outside of top 10. Um, but I think that this is going to be an area where Evan Mobley really improves. I think that at 10 to one, I really do like the price. 
like you said, Terrell, maybe a year or two away from that, but I think I want I want to dabble on that and take Evan Mobley at ten to one to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I found uh, seventeen to one. If you want, okay, all right, yeah, that's even better. Um, all right, uh, before we get into the next awards market, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet a hundred dollars and get a hundred dollar free bet. Get sorry, uh, new customers who bet a hundred dollars get a hundred dollar free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open twenty four hours a day, where you can get a one hundred percent deposit bonus of up to one thousand dollars. And if you're looking to join WinBet's biggest winners club, and whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet's odds gets a thousand dollar free bet. Last week, someone turned a six dollar parlay into four thousand dollars plus, and they got a a free thousand dollar bet courtesy of WinBet. WinBet is truly hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, gentlemen, uh, two down. Let's get into the next awards market. Let's go. Um, I think this one may be a quicker conversation just because it was kind of transpired. But let's go to six man of the year. Uh, Terrell, let me start with you for six man of the year. Uh, where do you uh, or who do you like for this award coming into this new season? All right. Let's see, let's see, let's see. For the record, I think we're all going to have the same guy, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm trying to, like, it's a put party. it. I, 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 okay, look. I like Bones Highland. I like Bones Highland. I think that is good price at 14-1, I see. I think that is a great price because that Denver Nuggets August has struggled at times. They're getting everybody healthy this year. They're going to – he's going to be that guy in the second year. I like him. I like Anthony Simons. I know this is a Blazers party for me today. I do like Anthony Simons at 25 to 1. Very good odds. However, however, there is not a number you could throw at me that would ever in life get me off of Jordan Poole right here <laughs> because there is nothing else short of an MVP. There is nothing else you can do than to get this stain off of you right now. Like you have to, you have to ball out. You have to, because the moment, the moment you have a bad game, the moment anything is wrong, the moment somebody looks at you and says, but why didn't you do that in Draymond? We can't talk shit to me. Why didn't you say that in Draymond? Hey, this has to be it. Like this, this has to be it. Short of an MVP, this is the award you have to win this year to just go ahead and get all of that off your back. So give me Jordan Poole. I can't not do it. Jordan Poole plus 400. <laughs> uh, you're not getting argument for me. I mean, that's the only guy I had written down as, as I mean, he's the four to one favorite um, and for a reason. Right. And um, I, I'm not going to expand on anything you just said there, uh, Terrell. Jordan Poole. I mean, look, last season had an incredible year. I, I, he's only going to get better. He's going to be part of this organization for the Golden State Warriors for the foreseeable future. Um, if they had to make a decision right now, if it's between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, they know or we know that they're going to pick Jordan Poole. So I think he's going to have another incredible year. The other guy I had written down was going to be Spencer Didwitty at 20 to 1. I know that the Mavs came out and said that Christian Wood is probably going to be in that six man role for them, but I think eventually he's going to be in that starting lineup. Uh, with uh, Luca and and Tim Hardaway Jr. and and those guys, so Spencer Dinwiddie, twenty to one off the bench for the Dallas Mavericks. I think that's a guy who can easily average eighteen points per night coming off of that bench, where he's going to have the ball in the in his hands when Luca is getting his rest or maybe even taking a night off. So Spencer Dinwiddie at twenty to one was my other one, but yeah, hundred percent agree about four to one on Jordan Poole. Scott, anything different here? Oh uh, yeah, the only difference is I found Pool at plus four fifty, so I'll take that instead. <laughs> but I'm going with Pool. I feel like I, I feel like I have to. Yeah. I feel like some people just for a full PSA disclaimer, they're going to take Hero because they like the value and they think that since he won last year, he'll win it again. Don't do it because Polster basically said he's starting, so I don't think he's going to qualify for the award by the end of the season. Because you got to remember, in order to actually qualify for this award, you have to come off the bench in most games. 
I don't think Hero is going to fit that mold because it seems like Spolstra realized, all right, we paid him that mm-hmm. much money. He kind of has to start now. So I don't think he's going to yeah. come off the bench. But Poole's guaranteed to come off the bench for the entire season because they're not going to bench Clay. They're not going to bench Wiggins. And, of course, Curry's untouchable. So the point is Poole's guaranteed to be a bench player the whole season. And Golden State also on TV all the time, as yeah. they should, because they just won the title. I think you'll see Poole have a couple of big games in the national spotlight. It's mostly just based on where I think this line's going to go during the regular season. I feel like Hero was one of the favorites last year. We thought he'd end up having a very solid year and be the favorite. Mm-hmm. And you're about a month in, and he went from like plus 300 to minus 500 a month into the season. I think Poole at some point is going to very, very quickly be like even money in this race because mm-hmm. all it takes is one good game and there's not many great six-man candidates. I, I like your Dimwitty call. I think Dimwitty could work out. Simons is good, but I'm concerned about injury issues. He might miss mm-hmm. some time because he gets hurt every year, so we'll see what yeah. happens. But pool at plus 450, that line's not going to be there for that much longer. I'll tell you that much. I think at some point during the year, he's going to be minus. And if you can get plus 450 now, run to it. I'm yeah. going to take it now, and I'm going to assume he wins the award. But give me Jordan Poole at plus 450. It's, it's like you got to remember who votes on this award. If you're sitting here and you know what you saw this offseason happen to Jordan Poole, and you have your six-man-of-the-year ballot, and you have Jordan Poole's name right there, you're going to vote for him. Like, they're going to vote for him. There's no way that if he is a candidate in the top three this year that the voters do not feel bad and vote for Jordan Poole. You have like that other person has to be scoring like 20 points per game off of the bench. If Jordan Poole's number is closest to anybody else, they're going to vote for Jordan Poole. I don't have the stats in front of me, but selectively recalling, I'm pretty sure that in order to actually win sixth man of the year, you have to play for a really good team, right? I mean, I'm trying to think of any sixth man of the year. Miami, Utah, uh, Lou Will with the Clippers. Jordan yeah. Crawford with the Clippers. I mean, yeah. a lot of those teams were like top three, four seeds. Usually they do very, very well in the regular season. Montreal At least that's Terry. what I can think mm-hmm. of. Jason Terry, he was always on very good teams as well. The Warriors should be a top three team in the West, let alone the league. So I think that he kind of checks every box there. That's the one concern I have with Simons, because I don't think Portland's going to be very good this year. And mm-hmm. I think that if... They end up finishing, let's let's just say, ninth in the Western Conference. Do you think they win a bench award? Like, I don't know if Portland's going to be good enough for him to win the award. Golden State will be good enough for Poole to win this award. But maybe it's a selective recall, maybe it's not. Do, do any of you, can any of you think of a bench player that won the award on a potentially bad team? Because I don't think I've ever seen that before. I can read you down the list here. We can just probably go like five, six years. I'm going to think of the records for each team, but I'm assuming most are going to be top five in their conference. Yeah, I mean, you guys already mentioned. Last year, Tyler Hero, Miami Heat, number one seed. Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz, I think they were a top three seed that year. Montrez Harrell in 2020 with the Clippers. Yeah, Uh, And then, yeah, Lou Williams back-to-back years with the Clippers. Uh, And then Eric Gordon, the 2017 season, I think the Rockets finished. I want to say they were the one seed that year, possibly. I know they were top three seed. Uh, Jamal Crawford, Clippers in 2016. And then uh, Lou Williams again in 2015 with the Toronto Raptors. And then Jamal Crawford, Clippers in 2014. The the Raptors won. That was back when they still had Dwayne Casey and they lost to LeBron every year. I believe so, yeah. But they were, 50, they were a 50, they were a 50, 20 squad, yeah. That's the yeah, point. They were still the one seed every That's year. crazy. They were like, still the one seed every year. So, yeah, it's kind of a – So it goes to a good team, yeah. It goes to yeah, it's kind team. of an unnoticed trend, which I kind of thought about as we talked about it. I didn't even workshop that. I just kind of was thinking yeah. on top of my head, and I always saw elite teams win that award or have a player with that award. I think that trend's going to continue, and I think Poole should be on a very, very good team. So yeah. I think the the fun way to kind of my bad move on. No, no, the fun way to kind of attack that is to think about who are those guys coming off the bench of who we think is going to be the best teams this year, and who's the person that's getting unnoticed that if one thing goes their way, they could be in it for this award this year. Well, you mentioned Highland. I think I think yeah. Denver should be a very good team in the West. I don't know how good Dallas is going to be with losing Brunson. 
Like that that's the one thing that's kind of holding me back there. Especially but you gotta think they're getting Hardaway back too. Yeah, yeah. I know. And we kind of so uncovered they, this trend yeah. though. That's why I'm kinda trying to Yeah, that's a, but and that's why I like the Dinwiddie pick. I was workshopping Dinwiddie as well because you just think of what they did with the two point guards in the lineup last year, where they were just kind of alternating Brunson and Dinwiddie with Luca. That's all Dinwiddie now. And I, by Christian Wood's going to force them to make him a starter. Like he's not going to stay off the bench. Yeah, They're going to force him not, to make him yeah. a starter. Yeah. I mean, if you kind of just look at the list right now, guys, and the names that you kind of went through, it's all good teams, right? Jordan Poole at, at uh, the favorite uh, with the Warriors. They have Christian Wood eight to one. I, I don't like that because like you, what Jarrell just said that he eventually, I think he is going to be a starter. Tyler hero, eight to one Miami heat, Malcolm Brogdon, 11 to one with the uh, Celtics. No, don't even just be past that one. He's not uh, going to Nor- play. He's not going to play <laughs> enough games. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yeah. We're good. It was just, I think the one guy that is intriguing here is Norman Powell at 11 to one for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, and then it is bones Highland at 14 to one. Like you guys mentioned, did we 20 to one Simons 25 to one Clippers? I mean, sorry, the Blazers, we don't think are going to be very good. Clarkson, Utah, not maybe gets traded. And then it's Karis Levert 30 to one on the uh, Cavs. So, I mean, those are pretty much. I would give it to Love before I give it to Cares. Yeah, uh, Kevin Love's 30 to 1 as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything else for six men of the year? I think that was a great conversation there. I'm just going to take wait, the favor. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I, can I, can I? Okay. So, look, okay. let's let's talk about this. You're going to take quickly. I'm, just do it. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not going to take quickly. He's going to take Russ. Because <laughs> quickly, one quickly is going to average like two minutes per game. Come on. Okay. All right. So. Oh, shut up, Moonoff. All right, so listen. <laughs> so listen, Darvin Ham just came out and said that Russ is coming off the bench in his last preseason <laughs> game. So let's go ahead and overreact. Let's all overreact and talk about Russ at 40 to 1. Please, let's do it. Let's do it. Because there's going to be shows, and there's going to be shows, and there's going to be analysts. There's going to be people on TV. There's going to be these sharps that tell you to take Russell Westbrook at 40 to 1 now because he's coming off the bench this year, and he's going to be the Russell Westbrook of old as soon as he comes off the bench. Please. Please, let's talk about it. But is there the <laughs> factor that he does get traded to a team during the regular season? He becomes a starter then. Oh, my gosh. It's just there's going to be somebody. There's going to be somebody that is going out here saying and touting Russell Westbrook uh, Cup six man of the year. Come on. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I, I do, yeah, I, I do kind of want to make a bold call about uh, Westbrook this season. I wasn't sure which podcast I was going to do it on, but apparently it's the perfect time to talking about the sixth man of the year award. Uh, I think I think Westbrook's going to be active for 25 games or less with the Lakers before he becomes such a team cancer they tell him to go home and they trade him. That's my hot take. I think he gets the John Wall treatment halfway through the year. I think he gets for in Terrell's eyes the Nate Robinson treatment with Isaiah Thomas. I think they tell him don't even show up to the arena. Just stay home, and uh, we're going to uh, like, John treatment is, like, really bad because they really told John just stay at the crib. Like, we, like you really got to pull yeah. up. Like, you don't even have to pull up. Like, just <laughs> you good. But at least Nate Robinson showed up for the start of the year. Then midway through the season, they yeah, told they him to take John, a hike. He, but he, you saw had to the, buy tickets. The, the body language with that Timberwolves preseason game, which was awful. It looks like he's not really adjusting to anything. That's why I'm not taking Westbrook. I really think the Lakers at some point just say, we can't handle this anymore. Just go yeah. home. And then they're going to trade him for, you know, the expiring right on the trade deadline. But can you see that? Because I put yeah. the number at 25. I really think the Lakers are going to be so frustrated about a month in. There's a pathway for him to just be told to take a hike. I think that might happen. Especially I mean, yeah. if everybody else play up. Yeah. yeah, and, then we, and, and we the, saw LeBron and AD play up in preseason, and Westbrook yeah. was awful. So that's why yeah. I think there's a chance they just tell him, "You don't want to be here. Why bother? Just leave." Yeah, we saw the. I mean, we saw the videos that he's not huddling up or, or you know, all that, all the shenanigans there. I'm so. not saying Beverly was playing well either, but at least he was trying. No, but he's to being a team, team together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, one more name I want to throw at you guys before we get over to the next one. Um, Fifty to one on Montrez Harrell. What do you guys think? I don't mind it, but I feel like he's so matchup dependent because he can't guard anybody. I oh, see him true. get benched all the time because he doesn't play any defense. I feel yeah. like that's a serious problem he's going to run into. But I'm going to stick with the favorite. I'm going to go out on a limb here and take the favorite because yeah. even though usually you don't find much value at the favorite, for example, Boncaro at like plus 190. Yeah. Plus 450? I thought this number was extremely high. I thought it would open at around 2 to 1. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a pool party for us, uh, hopefully, at the end of the season when Jordan Poole wins uh, sixth man of the year uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, all right, before we get over to most improved player of the year, let me tell you guys about Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite TV shows with the included cloud-based DVR+. There's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Ross, we're brought to you by Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal and maximize your bankroll. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So to take advantage of this, just go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, guys, let's get over to the next awards category. Let's go to... Most improved player of the year. This is going to be uh, a circus. <laughs> yeah, award, just, this is going to be an absolute circus. I have yeah, no okay. idea. Um, I'll, I'll start with two guys that I have here. Um, first, I'm going to go with Tyrese Halliburton, 14 to one. Um, since the trade last season from the Sacramento Kings over the to the Indiana Pacers, his numbers were uh, up across the board, right, and rightfully so, just because number one, they lost their best offensive player. So bonus over to the Sacramento Kings. And then Malcolm Brogdon was dealing with the injury at that time. But if you kind of look at the numbers when he was with the Kings and over to the Pacers, points per game when he's with the Kings, 14.3, over to the Indiana Pacers, 17.5. He averaged two more assists per game from 7.4 with the Kings to 9.5 with the Indiana Pacers. Shooting percentage went from 47, uh, 45.7 to 50.2 when he was with the Pacers. Now that Malcolm Brogdon's out of that picture, we hear the rumors about Buddy Heald possibly getting traded maybe during the season or closer to the trade deadline. Same thing with Miles Turner. He now has the keys to this offense. It's going to be him and, like we talked about, Ben Matherin when we talked about Rookie of the Year. Um, He's just going to be that guy for the Pacers. I wouldn't be surprised if Halliburton's going to average close to 22 to 23 points per game and average nine and a half assists per game again for the Indiana Pacers, possibly 10 assists per game for the Indiana Pacers. So I took, I took uh, Halliburton at 14 to one. And then my second guy, I took Tyrese Maxey uh, 11 to one for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Look, I think he's going to be that's he's been a scoring machine. I think last year uh, from his rookie year, I think he was averaging eight and a half points to about 17 and a half last season. I think he's going to take a lot of scoring pressure off of guys like obviously Joel Embiid and James Harden, and he's going to have to be and provide that scoring punch for this Philadelphia 76ers team. Again, another player that I think can average close to 19 to 20 points per game, um, and I think he's going to be a huge difference maker for the Sixers team on the offensive side. Let's just say if James Harden has an off night or Joel Embiid gets injured and has to miss some gains, that Tyreek Maxey can be that guy where he can drop 20 to 25 points in that span if those guys are missing. So I went with the two Tyrese's for uh, MIP, Tyrese Halliburton, 14 to one and Tyrese Maxey at 11 to one. Terrell, let me start with you. Any thoughts on those two guys? Yeah, no, I like those two picks. I, I like Maxey a little bit more, just one. He's on the better team. And I think Maxey can walk into 20 point scoring this year, just kind of playing alongside the guys he's playing with and just kind of making do with the touches he's getting running with that second unit as he likes to do. So I like Maxi as well. I'll throw another name out there. And I mean, he's tied for the favorite with Maxi, but I mean, Anthony Edwards is a guy that I like this year. I think Anthony Edwards has what it takes to be able to, to make another leap, especially with Rudy Gobert coming in, kind of anchoring that defensive side of ball. I can see them getting out in transition a lot more knowing, you know, and he loves to run and you putting on a couple of highlight plays, flashes, then here, there, at some point in the season, everybody's going to be talking about, Oh, we love this Minnesota team. And Anthony Edwards is going to be the face of all that. So 
Yeah, I like Anthony Edwards a little bit too for most improved. Uh, okay. And just to throw out a fun one, I like Scotty Barnes, 30 to 1. All right. Uh, Scott, if you have thoughts on any of the guys that we mentioned, and if you want to give your uh, picks as well. Yeah, so my first pick was Maxi, uh, and I found him at 14 to 1. Uh, I, all the reasons that you said before, I just think that he's an extremely, extremely talented player who is still somehow underrated, mostly yeah. because of the fact he's overshadowed by Harden and Embiid on his own team. But I do think that Maxi fits the mold of what the award should be. It's kind of going to segue me into a bit of a rant here, but it's why I said this award would be a circus. It's because of the fact Morant won the award, which doesn't make any damn sense, and it kind of sabotaged any president the award actually had. Because I don't know what most improved means anymore. He was the number two player in the draft. We knew he was an insanely good player, and he won most improved. I don't know how the hell John Morant won this award. <laughs> he, he won so, most healthy. He won most healthy. That's what it was. <laughs> no, but but that's, also, that's why I said Giannis could win defensive player, because they looked at Ja this season and said, well, he's not going to win an award. He's going to leave here with something, so we're going to give him most improved, because why not? But conceptually, he doesn't fit the mold of most improved, because you kind of hope for a guy who was a later draft pick, maybe a guy who was a little bit more developmental in terms of a project. And Ja went from being a phenomenal athletic top 10 point guard in the league to a phenomenal athletic top five point guard in the league. And he won the award. Like I didn't really see much. It was of the, jump. it was the 19 to 27 jump after he actually started playing games. And I, guess, NBA. Like, I mean that I just, I don't really get that's it. That's why people that's are not... telling you Zion. That's why people are touting yeah, and Zion was starting. Zion was like one doesn't 20, make any damn sense. If he was like 20 player, I'd vote for Zion, but that's not 20, 38, 40. I think he was some crazy odds and people bet him all the way to 14 to one. And he's really one of the favorites here. And it's, it doesn't make any sense. He averaged twenties. How do you get so much better than averaging 27 points per game? No, if, if you, you vote Zion for comeback player, he came off an injury. That if he averages more through. than 27 points per game, you might as well be voting on his MVP odds. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of going to be why I think I'm going to go a bit off the rails here with my other two picks. Maxi would be my vote if I was judging it based on the criteria of most years. I think Maxi's a very good choice. Now I'm going to get into a couple players who were very high draft picks, but I yeah. think have a decent <laughs> shot to actually win the award. First of all, for value, I found Jalen Green at 60 to 1. I really like the value on Jalen Green. Mm -hmm. And the main reason why I thought that his numbers last year were a bit underwhelming as a whole compared to how good he was in the second half. And mm. Jalen Green averaged 17.3 points per game. However, he averaged 22.1 points per game post All Star break. And he has the green light of all green lights. I know Kevin Porter thinks he has the same green lights. So they're going <laughs> to ball hog the entire game. But the point is Jalen Green, if you watched him in either preseason or just at the second half of last year, he could really average 25 per game, especially yeah. on a really bad team. So if you want to go for the, I'd say, points per game differentials and look at the stats and how a guy could make that hypothetical leap on the stat sheet, I think Jalen Green checks those boxes. And I think at 60 to 1, it's a very good price. The problem was he was the second pick in the draft, but apparently that doesn't matter anymore. So I'm just going to throw green out there at 60 to one. And my super duper long shot, who was also a very high draft pick. In fact, he was a former number one pick in the draft who kind of revived his career last year. It's Andrew Wiggins. I was just about to say that. And I'm going to take <laughs> mm -hmm. him at 150 to one. I love the odds on a Wiggins at 150 to 1 because he officially had his moment during the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. The problem was you had to give Curry the MVP. So Wiggins didn't get a trophy for that besides the NBA Final trophy. I think if he has a very good year defensively and offensively, they might just give it to him because Golden State will be very good. Draymond has his own things going on right now, but Wiggins guards the best player anyway at this stage in their careers. Mm -hmm. 150 to 1? For a guy who looks like he's starting to tap into the untapped potential we were waiting for since he was basically in high school in Canada, I'm going to go with Wiggins here at 150 to 1. I just really like the odds for a player that we saw reach another level in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. 
I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me for 150 to one. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, Munaf, I kind of wanted your thoughts mostly on Jalen Green because I know you are the Rockets fan. Yeah, look, uh, last season, if you kind of take a look at the numbers for Jalen Green after they decided to bench Eric Gordon and Christian Wood, the offense looked a lot better when Christian Wood wasn't on the floor where it was just KPJ and Jalen Green. And I think we talked about this on the podcast as well last season, Scott, that there was a stretch where Jalen Green had, I think I want to say it was like six or seven 30-point games in a row. Uh, he had something. like 10 straight games of like three plus or four plus threes and it was yeah. still like two and a half. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know what's happening right now. And then he was still like, he was dropping, I think, 30 plus points per game. And I think that's something this season where I think he can average 25 points per game. And he's just that dynamic of a player. I mean, his jump shot is so pure. That's only going to get better. He's going to, you know, be attacking the basket a lot more this season. And he is going to be that offense, right? A lot of people are talking about Jabari Smith Jr. I think that he's going to have more of an effect on the defensive side of the basketball where the Rock is desperately needed help on that side just because they were one of the worst defensive teams. So I think where that's where Jabari Smith Jr. is going to be really good for this team. But I really do think that with KPJ and Jalen Green, like Rockets fans, the front office know that Jalen Green, that he was since he was the number two overall pick for this team last season, that he is going to be the face of the franchise. And I think this is going to be the season where we're going to start seeing him having the ball more in his hands and being that primary scorer for the Houston Rockets. I know Eric Gordon is going to be in the starting lineup for this uh, Rockets team, but I think eventually when we kind of progress through the season or get towards the trade deadline that Eric Gordon might be another piece that will get traded to a contender. I know we talked about that a lot season on our pod as well, but yeah, uh, I know I'm kind of ranting on here, but I think, yeah, I agree with you at 16. Well, I, I asked you to that's rant some because great it's your value. favorite team. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the argument that people made for Morant was, well, even though he was already really, really good, his points per game average went up by X amount of points. And I'm like, that's great. I still would have voted yeah. for Garland. But, you know, still, my point is, if you want to play that game where you just judge season by season for points per game and who has the biggest jump, yeah, I think Jalen Green could average 25 points per game if yeah. Houston just doubles down and says, listen, we know we're going to be bad. Let's, let's just let the young guys do whatever they want. If they score 25 a game, then we have something for the future. Yeah, and if you look at take a look last season, um, prior to uh, to the All Star break, he was averaging fourteen point six points per game. Post All Star break, post. Tw- yeah, twenty two point one. Look at the three point percentage, thirty one point one prior to All Star break, and thirty eight point seven post All Star break. So, on the season, they're gonna look at that season number where he averaged seventeen point three last season. But hey, like you mentioned, if you kind of take a look at the pure points per game improvement from year to year for the guys that have won the uh, most improved player of the year, Jalen Green, I think that is a guy that you mentioned, and I 100% agree with you, that is a guy that can average anywhere from 23 to 25 points per game per night for the Houston Rockets. So at 60 to 1, I, I'm going to get down on that as well. I think that's a great find there, Scott. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to mention for MIP before we get over to Coach of the Year? I hope they go back to giving it to people that actually deserve to win the award instead of just superstars <laughs> who got injured the year prior, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. If, right, Zion, wins, if Zion wins the award, they need to retire the award. That's all I'm Talk saying. Talk your shit. How no, do you I just go? can't I can't I can't imagine what Zion like this would be the greatest season of all time if Zion somehow does better than what he did the last season he played. He averaged twenty seven. How well, much better? Yeah, like that's exactly right. He was also one of the most ja. hyped up prospects of all time. Like it's exactly. not like he ever had a moment where he needed to improve that much. He's just an absolute unit. I, I don't know how he can improve that much. That's the problem. At least Ja actually had the numbers at yeah, least he back in nineteen to twenty seven. Okay, cool. What do you, do you go from twenty seven to thirty five? Like, come on! And at that point, you're winning MVP, so there's just no yeah. point. Yeah, no. like it's no point. <laughs> His numbers are gonna dip, like because they brought in CJ McCollum, who's a guy that can, he's also a scorer, right? And, and still have Brandon Ingram there as well, too. Yeah. So I don't think he's gonna go out and average twenty seven. So, but let me again. let me use that to transition because you were talking about Coach of the Year, and we are talking about that Pelicans team that does have Zion Williamson, that does Preach. have CJ McCollum, that does have Brandon Ingram. That does have Herb Jones. Hey, if I told you that this Pelicans team was really, really good this year, he's going to be – they can be a top five team in the West, maybe even higher 
especially if everybody else stays healthy. And the fact that they have guys that do commit to the defensive side of the ball, like Herb Jones, like Jose Alvarez, like this team can make another leap. And so I like Willie Green. I like what he was able to do in the playoffs with them in the seven game, in a seven game series. Well, not seven game, but in a six game series again with the Suns. Yeah. And I like that that momentum that they had towards last year to transition throughout the length of this entire year with their full cast healthy, with CJ now in there. I think that the Pelicans is a team that can surprise people. I like Willie Green at 15-1. Yeah, that's the first name that I put on this list. I mean, we've talked about it all offseason that I'm really high on this Pelicans team. I think they can be a 50-win team this year. Uh, and I think that if they get to that number, what did they finish last year? Like 36? That's 36 wins. Yeah, yeah, so if this team improves by 14 wins in the Western Conference, or let's say even 10 wins, they get to 46 and. 30 what is that 46 and 36 next season a 10 game improvement i think willie green should be we'll get that coach of the year award if they get to 50 wins and end up as a top four seed in that western conference i think that willie green should be uh, uh um coach of the year terrell did you have any more on your list or did you have willie green yeah willie green was one the other one that i had was nick nurse at 18 to 1 And the reasoning that I couldn't put Nick Nurse above Willie Green was because the the Raptors were still a pretty good team last year, even though he, you know, deserved a coach of the year for what he was able to do with all the COVID and injuries and all that. At the end of the day, the Raptors were still a really good team last year, so you're not going to have that win disparity like I think you can have with the Pelicans. However, if I think that the Raptors could potentially be a number one overall seed in the East, I have to put something on Nick Nurse to win the title. To win coach of the year. Coach of the year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not – I mean, we talked about this on our last pod. We talked about the Atlantic Division. That we, I think we're all in agreement that Nick Nurse is a top three head coach in this league, right? And I think they have the roster and the ability to be a top three seed. Potentially, who knows what happens at the Eastern Conference. They can end up as a number one seed. Who knows? I think they have that much talent on their team. But, yeah, no argument for me. I agree with you about Willie Green. That was one of my guys, 15-1. to 1. Um, And then I'll also throw in Ty Lue. 13 to one. Um, I think this Clippers team, number one, has the best roster from their from the surrounding pieces to the bench. I think it's a very, very deep roster. If you kind of just look at it, I think they have the potential to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. I think they are favored to be that number one seed if your book does offer that. Maybe Kawhi Leonard gets MVP, but I'm not sure how many games he will play exactly. Um you know, he likes to take the whole load management and injury, whatever management, take nights off. But I think that if they do end up as a number one seed last season, going from, I think, what was it, 36 wins for this team last year um, to being a number one seed, I think that they'll reward Coach uh, Ty Lu for, you know, getting this team to that uh, to that position. Sorry, they were 42 and 40 last season as a number nine seed. But I think that if they get over to the number one seed this year as the uh, Western Conference um Sorry, number one seed, I think Ty Lue would be the beneficiary of getting the Coach of the Year award. And I think Ty Lue, great coach at making adjustments in-game. We saw that a lot last season. And for him to guide this team last season to even 42 wins where they didn't have Kawhi Leonard all season long, Paul George missed significant time. And for them to still finish at a record above 500 and even get into that you know, that play-in tournament, I think that now being healthy, this team does have the potential to be the number one seed. I think Ty Lue would be that guy to get that Coach of the Year award. So at 13-1 to and Willie Green at 15-1, those were the two guys I had written down. Uh, Scott, what do you got? So as soon as Zion signed the actual extension with New Orleans, I said I was going to take Willie Green to win Coach of the Year, and I'm going to make it three for three there. I don't have a choice. I I thought that even though the Pelicans had 36 wins, we saw how good they were in the play-in. I don't think anyone thought they were going to make it out of the plan, and they did. Then on top of that, they gave Phoenix all they could handle, and mm-hmm. they lost in six. I just think that the Pelicans have the luxury for this award of winning only 36 games last year yep, and being a lot better than that in people's minds. And I feel like when you're talking about the win differential that you're expecting, they went on that run in the play-in and against the Suns without Zion. And now they're yeah. at full strength for now. Now, the only problem with taking Willie Green, they're going to be having a heart attack, checking the injury report every day for the next six months. So <laughs> it's not good for your well-being. But I think it makes sense long-term. I, I have to take him. I, yeah. I think that if Zion stays healthy, big if. But even if Zion plays, 
60. Let's say he plays 60, a reasonable number. New Orleans really should win like 45 to 50-something games. That's already a 10-game gap. I think they're that good. And I think that when you're looking at the chemistry with the likes of mostly McCollum and Ingram, which surprised me, but you have the bench unit with Alvarado. Even Murphy turned out to be a very solid player. And we saw in the playoffs, he's a very good coach. He's just a very good coach. I think that he can build off of what he did in the playoffs last year and push that forward to potentially a 51 season. And if we're talking about looking at the framework for a potential outburst for a team, I mean, we saw with Monty Williams, they had all the pieces and they randomly won a bunch of games with Phoenix. Now, Monty Williams didn't win the award that year because it went to Thibodeau instead. But the point is, if you're looking for a team that could explode and quote unquote shock some people and potentially finish the top four seed, I got to take Willie Green. And I think Willie Green. They're the Memphis of this year. They're this year's Memphis. Yeah. And you can find 15 to one, which I like the odds for. Uh, Now, my second pick, I went with a guy who should not have that big of a win disparity, but I think they have a very good shot to be the number one overall seed. It's going to be Steve Kerr, and I'm going to take him at 18 to one. Main reason why, a couple reasons. First of all, the Warriors won 53 games last year. Even though Clay missed 52 games, Draymond missed 36 games, and Curry missed 18 games. This team should win 60 if they all stay healthy, big if. And the other reason... Oh, and guess what? James Wiseman wasn't there either. Yeah, like, Wiseman yeah. is now <laughs> He missed healthy. 82 games. Yeah. Wiseman's <laughs> like, healthy. Kaminga should play more. Moody's also really good. This Warriors team, if chemistry works out, could really win like 65 games. I really don't think many people would be surprised by that. I think they're that good on paper. And also, Draymond. We got to talk about it because if you're talking about how well a coach can create a healthy environment and keep the chemistry afloat, kind of like a Phil Jackson type of role here. If Draymond punches a teammate in the face and they still win 65 games, I think people are going to talk about it. I'm just saying, I think you can make an argument saying, well, Kerr did such a good job during the off season of making sure this team didn't unravel when Draymond punched his teammate in the face. I think it's a random BS narrative talking point that people can go back on months down the road. But it's mostly (laughs) because I think Golden State could actually win 60-something games. And you look at Curry and how good the team is as in general with the depth. I think that they should win, if they stay healthy, 60 games. And they should win 60. I think they're going to be that good. But you're looking at Curry's resume. He only has this award once. And it was because they won 73 games. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very nice spot for a post-championship run where Golden State wins 60-something, gets the one seed, and people sprinkle in some Draymond psycho conversations in there and how Kerr was a true... saved the locker room. (laughs) Saved the locker room type of coach. You can see it right now. But the narrative is already there. There's sprinkles over there with the narrative. Give me Steve Kerr at 18-1. to for a team that, in my eyes, should be the one seed. I mean, look, you laid out the case that the, all the injuries that they the, – the narrative makes a lot of sense there, right? Yeah, With yeah. the whole Draymond Green situation that we had. There's uh, a lot and, of check marks that I look for. Yeah. And I you're, not, you're, not, of, you're not stealing yeah. me off of the Steve Kerr is the white knight savior of this team. Yeah. No <laughs> other coach would have been able to overcome the Draymond punch <laughs> despite having two of the best three-point shooters of all time. But we're not going to talk about that. You yeah. know, a lot of coaches would have crumbled when Draymond uh, punched his teammate. But not Steve Kerr. No. Steve Kerr is different. No. Like, I can see our, that our being painted. Just give me Kerr at 18 to 1. All right. Like, um, I can just imagine a meme and they have Steve, like, hold is Steve Kerr up like he's Simba with the Steve Kerr face. Like, this, <laughs> he saved us. This is king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that will get us to the uh, the pinnacle, I guess we can say, of the NBA, the uh, most valuable player here, uh, the last category that we need to give out our picks for. I think very intriguing here. Obviously, Nikola Jokic, the back-to-back MVP, not sure that he'll get it three times in a row, uh, especially with getting um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. back and Jamal Murray back. So 
Um, Scott, let me start with you. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. Jokic is just not going to win the third straight. Let me start with you for MVP here, man. Who do you like for this year's MVP? So for the MVP, this is one of the awards, kind of like the sixth man this year, where I really was just not interested in any long shots. I thought about maybe Trey Young, decided not to, but I feel like he'll be a popular long shot choice. For me, I'm going with Giannis. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. It's plus 650. He's won the award twice. It's also been a couple of years since he's won. So I think people might actually vote for him again, which is definitely a big piece. Voter fatigue is really the one thing I try to avoid with this award in particular. They really want to spread the wealth. They don't want to give it to the same guy over and over again, which was the main key, uh, which was the main reason why people wanted Embiid to win it last year. It's because Jokic won it two years ago. Don't even bother. Let's get somebody else a shot. But all the stats were pointing to how good Jokic was, and he really could not have not been MVP because of how crazy the stats were. I think it's a great spot for Giannis to reclaim the throne and get the MVP again because of the fact, as we've talked about before, he's the best player in the world. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think it's very close because offensively and defensively, he's a, he's just an absolute unit. And Jokic defensively is okay. He's not as good as you kind of want him to be as being a big man. Giannis is crazy on both ends of the floor. We think Milwaukee's probably going to be the one seed if we're just going based on probability. We think yeah, Milwaukee should win 55 games, maybe more, and get a one seed. Give me Giannis at plus 650 because I really think getting the best player in the world not as the favorite is worth it in itself. I'll go with him. I thought about Luka, but it was 450. I really yeah. just can't take that, so I decided to not go there. And beat I thought about, but I don't know about the durability. I went with Giannis, and that was it. Just give me the best player at plus 650, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, look, the the MVP award usually goes to the guy that leads the league in player efficiency rating. If you just kind of go back and just go through the past 10 years, the number one guy, I think nine out of the last 10 years or 10 out of the last 11 years, the guy that's been the number one leader at the end of the season in player efficiency rating has been the MVP. I think the lone exception was the year uh, where Russell Westbrook yeah. was averaging that triple double. That was uh, historic. I mean, they're yeah. going to vote for him anyway. Yeah. So, especially with uh, analytics being more involved in yeah. just mainstream media, I feel like half the people don't know what any of the advanced analytics means, but mean, but they still talk about it every day. Yeah. So, if you want to go based on the PER movement, uh, it's a metric that a lot of people use for MVP, even though I'm sure most people don't actually know what that means. But you don't need to. That's what most people use as a criteria. Yeah. And it's and look, Giannis, despite even the years that Jokic won back to back years, like last season, Giannis was number two in, in that category, right? Prior to that, yeah, the award. and then he was top three as well when uh Jokic won his first MVP as well. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any argument from me about Giannis, especially at a plus 650 price. Um, I had Giannis on my list as well, but uh, you have any more, uh, Scott? No, uh, it's one of those awards where I just refuse to take long shots because usually you kind of know where it's going to go. And unless you have Curry back like, I don't even know, eight years ago at this point, Mm -hmm. who went from being a pretty good point guard to this is the most efficient season we've ever seen in the history of the sport. And you have an absolute explosion from a guy. I don't think there are really many candidates. Jaw's a fun choice, but he gets hurt all the time, so I'm not sure if I want to actually take him. Jaw's not even fun anymore because he's 15 to one. He's not even fun anymore. That's what I'm saying. A long shot. I I don't. I don't see much value with any long shots because you kind of already know who's going to be a finalist, and you're assuming no matter what, Giannis will probably be a finalist. Jokic might not be because they might just be fed up with him. They might just not even bother. But you're assuming Giannis Embiid and Jokic, at least two of the three, should be a finalist, and maybe Doncic. You don't have many finalists to choose from. Usually there's three per award. I really don't see a long shot even being in the running, so I just stuck with Giannis. I really don't see many long shots for this particular award that I was interested in. Terrell, what do you got? So, yeah, I mean, Scott basically summed it up with how you feeling about where to go with the odds. I'm not taking Giannis, but I'm taking the guy right below him, Joe Embiid, plus 650. And it's it's about the narrative. It's just about the narrative and what Joe, Joe Embiid is. Like, 
he hasn't won anything yet. Like he hasn't won anything yet. He hasn't even gotten first team because, you know, of what Jokic is here. And now we all expect Jokic to have not a down year, but it's not going to be as efficient as his other, his previous two MVP years. And the only reason that Joe, not Joe, that Joe B didn't win it those years is because Jokic was there last year. He was the scoring champ. He ordered, or he ooh, can't even talk today. Wow. He scored 30.6 points per game. And he was a scoring champ. I think that this is the year where one, if he stays healthy, if you tell me I'm getting a 60 game season from him, 68 game season from him, then yeah, I'm going with Joel Embiid. I think he's one of the best players in the league. I think that he has the opportunity with James Harden there, with everybody else there, that one, everybody's not going to be so focused on him and he can just kind of go to work. And I'm playing into the narrative of, Voters just thinking, wow, this guy's been really good for the past few years, and we haven't had the opportunity to give it to him. Well, now we have the opportunity to, to so I'm going to give it to him. Joe it's MB. so funny how he led the league in scoring last year, and he couldn't even make All-NBA first team. <laughs> like, so that's wild. crazy. It's that's so in, I can't even think of, like, when was the last time somebody didn't even make first team? <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, you can make the argument you could have done two centers, but they stuck with positions. So I believe Tatum was, Tatum was first team, right? Get like Tatum yeah, and Booker was, and all it, these other guys. But the point is, I, it is pretty funny. It's a little bit sad, but the point is you can make the series a narrative argument that not only did Embiid not win an award that he arguably could have won, he didn't even make all he didn't even make first team. You're like, second, you're second in MVP voting and you're on the second team. Like that's wild. And is yeah, so I think that this is the opportunity where they're saying, All right, Jokic is coming down. Like we're not giving it to Jokic a third time. Jokic and, can really be twenty to one. I they're not giving it to him three years in a row. It's yeah. just not happening. And you talk about Giannis, you can play the narrative with Giannis that hey, he has had his moment in the sun. Like he's had his moment in the sun. This this could be Joel and B's moment in the sun. I think if it's a close race between the two, they're gonna give it to him B. I thought last year's uh, all NBA second team was better than the first team, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't even remember who the rest of the second team was. So the first team was Booker, Dantage, Tatum, Giannis, and uh, the Joker. Okay, and that I then remember. The second team was Embiid, Morant, Durant, uh, Curry, and DeRozan. Oh come on now! Come on, second team is second team is. Hey, I'm so, not even gonna hold you. So on a five on five, second yeah. team is definitely. Right I don't want to be too harsh, but as you read it out, I know he had a great year last year. You know the meme where you have the guy in the clown suit, like in war with a bunch of guys in uniform. That ki- yeah. that's kind of Demar Derozan. I'm just gonna throw it out there. That's <laughs> Demar Derozan, DeRozan had a great year. Last I know he had a great yeah. year. I'm just I mean, saying you're throwing out all those. And you names. said his and name last. DeRozan was like, last. Wait, what? Oh, he was last on the list too. <laughs> yeah, you said it. You said saying. his name last. I'm like, wait, what? Okay, no, you DeRozan know, dragon. Last was it's like a dragon ultimate. meme, and yeah. all the dragons are serious, and it's one goofy dragon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that DeRozan didn't deserve to be second team. I'm just saying when you mentioned those names to start, I was not picturing DeRozan <laughs> when you said that. But I, I can agree with you on that. I mean, that's a very good second team. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys. I had Giannis on my on my list as well. Um. Plus six fifty, six to one, wherever you can find the better number. Um. The only other maybe longer shot I would consider, and again. It's a huge asterisk. It's probably Kawhi at 25 to 1. But again, we don't know just how many games that he will end up playing, despite him looking healthy, ready to go to, uh, and ready to play basketball. But that was the only other uh, long shot I was considering at 25 to 1 for MVP. I'm surprised um, Terrell didn't make a case for Trey Young because I remember in previous podcasts he mentioned he thought Young might lead the league in scoring. Yeah. So I think I am up on him for, you know, there's a market for that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, Scoring champ. I'm definitely on him for scoring champ. Not as much MVP. I just think, I truly think that this is the Embiid narrative year. And if he's there, then it's going to be him. Uh, Trey young is a fun one. And I think Trey young probably odds is going to shorten. So I would pick up a Trey young ticket and just kind of wait, wait for his eyes to shorten and then sell the ticket. But I don't think ultimately he's going to come down with the MVP. I think it's more of just a, this was a crazy scoring year for him. For the record, I see eleven to one for Young yeah. to lead the league in score. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, anything else you guys want to throw out there? I mean, it doesn't have to be awards driven, but any exotic markets? Uh, we talked. We just talked about scoring leader. Any, any maybe number one seed you guys want to throw out? I know this is an award show, but I think this will be our last pod before we get into actual NBA uh, game stuff. Uh, anything else you guys want to throw out there? I'm trying to think if there's anything because I feel like most of the stuff that we liked was either for divisions or just for this award show. Mm-hmm. 
as right now, I can't think of much. Before I sell my house on Pelican stuff, I'll wait to see if Zion's ankle's a serious, you know, concern or not. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll play it by ear. But no, you know, I'm just looking forward to a fun season, and I'm trying to think of any other serious. Of course, you know, a month or two in, the odds are going to shift. You'll see good value. I think Monty Williams, after it dropped pretty heavily from the first month, I still got 550. And yeah. he ended up winning the award. So you don't have to get all your value now. You could still miss some line moves. But once there's a clearer picture for any given award or even rotation on a given team, you could jump in and get some value. That's just my advice. I think that we can review this. I know that I'd occasionally have a rant on the prop cast. I'd go through some awards, stuff like that. So just because you missed the boat on some early awards doesn't mean you still can't bet it. Mm-hmm. I think pool's yeah. going to drop very quickly. To Shout out to JB Bickerstaff for the sweat. Yeah. Appreciate Bickerstaff the sweat. gave you a sweat. He gave yeah. you a sweat. I was never concerned with Monty Williams. I, <laughs> I thought he just had it in the bag. But still, that's kind of my point. You can usually get a good read on a player a couple of weeks in. And if the line drops, don't be that concerned. Because even if you could have gotten a 30-1 to one shot preseason and it's 7-1, to one, but you know it's going to be like plus 200 at some point, yeah. Just take the seven to one. <clears throat> like you don't have to overthink it. Just take the value where you could find it. That's just my piece of advice. Yeah, I think that some awards markets like like we talked about with Jordan Poole that you probably want to take now because again I think you have to take that now. Yeah. Yeah, because as the season progresses, it's probably gonna end up around two to one, maybe at even money and possibly later down the season. He might if he stays healthy, he'll be favorite. minus at some point. Yeah. So uh yeah, definitely I think this will be something that we do uh maybe like once a month get back into on like one of the slower days of on the NBA gambling podcast, like on a Thursday, there's not that many games that we can revisit these markets as well. And just hey. kind of see where we're at. We be having um, games. Yeah. Well, I mean, Thursday's like NBA, like it's only like two games, like on, on TNT and stuff. We could so. still give you a two hour pot. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's why I'll leave it to you and Scott to do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the 2022-2023 NBA Awards Market. Uh, definitely looking forward to the season. Uh, Terrell, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man? No, no. I'm here. I'm ready for the season. Let's get to it. We back Monday, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, Scott, anything else, my man? No, not at all. It was fun going through awards. Let's we'll make some money with those besides all the individual games. It's going to be a lot of fun getting the NBA season back underway, uh, whether it involves the actual NBA gambling podcast or the prop cast. I know we got yeah. a lot of props that we like, yeah. but we know NBA was very, very good to us last year. And I know the Warriors were very good to me since I hadn't to win the title. So hopefully, uh, you know, we all just make some money and we kick some ass. Nothing else to say. All right. We are back next week. I cannot wait. Uh, It'll be the same schedule as usual as we had last season. More importantly, hopefully we can put some more money in your guys' pockets as well. So definitely looking forward to the season. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.